The World Wrestling Federation. For over this is not what the revolutionary. This is great. This is awesome. Long side burns and my hair slick back. I'm gonna do your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a it was more than just a thrill. It made the hair on the back of my neck curl to see 60,000 people screaming and yelling for the Hunker Tone podcast to perform our single hit. It made the God that runs the pod feel so good when they stood up and they said, You wish you could sing it one more time. And then, You Wish You Could podcast always pleases its fans. We agreed to sing it for them. But what happened... What happened after that was that Luke and Butch, them bushwhackers, they came out and they got in front of You Wish You Could podcast and they spoiled, they ruined our debut in front of tens of millions of people and now I'm sitting in the back and I got an upset stomach. Welcome to another episode of You Wish You Could Podcast. It's the god that runs the pod, Mike Canatella, along with Flying Brian. I, I had to mute my headset when you did that because I was laughing way too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. What's going on, Flying Brian? Not much. <laughs> Catch it up for the day. Life without a phone. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, and, uh, of course, it's uh, God's favorite, fan's favorite, my wife's favorite, your wife's favorite, his wife's favorite, Perry Jericho. What's up, guys? All right, people, we got a action-packed episode today. There is so much to talk about, and that's just really uh, talking about, like, uh, the outside of the ring portion of wrestling. Uh, we're going to go over Raw and SmackDown, we're going to give our No Mercy predictions, and we're going to do our Intercontinental uh, Championship, and just Intercontinental uh, episode all together. Uh, but before we do that, I would just like to say thank you to both Bruno Digital Artwork, check out BrunoDI.com, and follow on Instagram and Twitter at BrunoDIGILL. And also, a little surprise next week, hopefully, uh, Downright Inc., the content creators by your nerds next door. Check out their website, downrightnetwork.com. For games, sports, and everything in between, go to downrightnetwork.com today. Uh, also, hopefully, like I said, next week, it's still pending, I uh, will be having Joe and Anthony from Downright Network um, on the show to talk about their product and make a major announcement that has something to do with this podcast as well. Uh, so look forward to that. Uh, so otherwise, let's get right into Gorilla Position. Um, before we do anything else, I just want to say this as part of Gorilla Position, because there's really nowhere else to put it. I watched TNA Bound for Glory, um, and as a shocker to the both of you, as a shocker to myself as well, um, it was really interesting. Uh, the tag titles match was actually, like, enjoyable to watch. Like I was in, Like, I was actually found myself, like, getting so involved in it 
and wanting to see where everything led up, I just I really see where this company is falling off the weight by the wayside, and it's uh they just have really improper leadership and production value. That's essentially it. The talent's there. Um, you know, some of the promo work needs to be tweaked, but other than that, these guys are uh, they got it. They just need uh, the the fine tune work, I guess you could say. Um, Cody and his wife showed up. Um, they actually look pretty good together. Uh, Cody's wearing pants, which is a little off. Um, but really? yeah, it's uh, just straight white pants with like a little bit of a design work. Um, his wife is just in all white gear, also like uh, basically like uh, cut off shorts and a top. Um, but like I said before, there's a ton of talent and just uh, not the right amount of uh, craftsmanship. Um, anybody? What's that? I can fully see that. Oh, absolutely. Because uh, I've been, I mean, I have been really watching the product lately. Um, I keep forgetting that they're on Thursday nights now, so I haven't really been watching them. But ever since Billy Corgan came in, you know, it started, started going back up again. And they're letting the guys that know what they're doing do what they do best. Like, letting Matt Hardy run free with his, his gimmick and his character. And um, he's honestly... At, much better than Jeff is right now, and you've just always been the other way around. See, I'm going to um, disagree with you really quickly, not to cut you off, but I've always felt that Matt Hardy knew what he was doing, um, but didn't get the right output, I guess you could say, and Jeff well, was yeah. just yeah, like yeah. the crafty, like, high flyer that they was like, oh yeah, people love this. Yeah. <clears throat> but now it's flopped, like, everybody's paying more attention to Matt, and everybody's more intrigued in seeing to what Matt's doing, because he built himself such a great character right now. But, you know, I like a lot of the guys that are down there. You know, Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway, whatever the hell you want to call them. I always thought he was great. WWE completely misused him. Ethan Carter III is fantastic down there. And he has been since day one. Mm-hmm. Another guy at WWE missed the boat on. Um, so they, they have a lot of talent down there. They're starting to utilize them correctly, though. Uh, no, I uh, 100% agree with you. Um, the only thing that sucked is that Drew Galloway and Aaron Rex were not able to fight for the, whatever, the grand championship. Uh, something happened with Drew Galloway. He got injured. Um, he looked really upset about that. Um, um, Perry, you want to get out on this conversation or do you want to throw it over to another area of, um, gorilla position? Well, I'm not a cheater, so I don't watch TNA. Um, (laughs) Why is that being a cheater? Was that I just I've been so loyal to WWE my entire life. I mean, even when WCW was around, I really you know like I would put it on during commercials, but that was about it. Um, so I'm WWE all the way. I don't really watch any other product. Um, I see things like on the internet about it, but I don't really look too far into it unless you guys like send me something to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, from what I'm hearing rumor-wise, uh, I might be seeing it soon once it hits the network. So actually, that was going to be my next question to you, which would tie into this, which would let you take it away. Uh, once the WWE gets all of the film onto the network, would you be watching some of the old TNA product that has been out there? Yeah, absolutely. Once it's on the network, I'll, I'll totally catch up and watch it. I probably won't watch all these years' worth of stuff, but um, yeah, no, I'll totally catch up. I, there was times when I wanted to watch TNA and I just never got around to it. Um, but I don't, I don't really cheat on the WWE. They were, they're my one and only. <laughs> but watching them on the WWE network, that's not cheating. Cause they're providing well, it for you. Yeah. They're bringing that into the bedroom. So <laughs> this is turning into a really awkward sexual conversation. <laughs> um, all right. Um, so we obviously will, uh, we'll touch upon that really quickly. 
Um, so apparently WWE has purchased the library of TNA. Um, everything from their, you know, their startup to, I believe, um, they're going to be rebranded from what I hear. So everything up until they're rebranding, uh, they're going to have full control over. Um, I guess, from what I'm hearing, WWE paid a substantial amount of money for to allow Billy Corgan to rebrand and reestablish this company. So let's hope that they can do something with this. Because I, I feel like Vince did this because he wants competition. That's the only reason I think he would do this. But how would this offer him competition? By putting it on the network so people start watching it? Uh, no. Well, here's the thing. Because Vince could have said, all right, I'm buying TNA. Here's my offer. I want your library. And you guys have to uh, essentially liquefy everything that you have. Um, that's essentially it. But Vince basically said, okay, I'm buying your library. Um, I'll let you rebrand. And uh, just that's it. Rebrand yourself and come back at me. Okay. Do you guys follow Twitter at all? Because I, I follow some guys on Twitter, and I think it's a little bit funny. And I thought, it's funny that you did that intro because the Honky Tonk Man was actually kind of uh, going hard on on TNA and you know some of the guys that are in there. Do you guys follow it all? Not uh, as my, I'm more of a Facebook guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I usually am too. But I, I'll catch like I catch my wrestlers on Twitter because like. Sometimes they put like fun stuff up there. So um, the Honky Tonk Man, there's a, there was two two things that he sent out that stuck out to me. One said had lots of young friends in TNA, wanted them to succeed, but Dixie got hoodwinked by those big payday guys that only grabbed quick paydays. And then the other one was wow. to run a wrestling company takes a hundred a hundred million dollars. TNA has lost a hundred million dollars. Billy Corgan does not have a hundred million dollars to liquid ca- of liquid cash. Jesus. Yeah, that's he's, pretty hey, rough. Listen, he seems super passionate about TNA for some reason. You know, that's because WWE isn't giving him the fucking mention of the day. Even though he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, he deserves you know some type of mentioning. Yeah. Yes. That's just me. Um, I guess we'll touch upon uh, some other big news coming out. Um, I don't know the uh, validity of it. I still have yet to watch the interview. Um, but rumor is that Goldberg has um, or is in talks to sign a major deal with WWE that will see him in a wrestling ring, probably for Survivor Series, pitting him up against Brock Lesnar. Why? This this is I don't understand this whatsoever. Um, I Goldberg wasn't good then. He's probably not good now that he's an old man. Um, I don't understand why they want to bring him back and waste the money and the and the TV time on someone like Goldberg. Um, uh, because it'll buy, it'll fill seats and it'll wa- make people want to watch. That While we are not Goldberg fans, there are Goldberg fans out there, just like, you know, we weren't Sting fans. Um, I can't, actually, I can't speak for all three of us, but I, I'm, I was never a big Sting fan. Um, but I'll tell yeah, you what. Sting was, Sting was good. It does, it, whether agreed. you liked him or you didn't like him, he was actually good. Mm-hmm. Where Goldberg is like the complete opposite. No, I, I listen. I agree with you, um, but like I said, people are going to want to watch it. Um, it'll bring people to the network, which is what they need. They need network subscribers. And uh, I, to be honest with you, I would love to see Brock Lesnar just decimate Bill Goldberg. I hope so. You know, and I, I mean, I'm not a giant Brock Lesnar fan, but I hope he fucking destroys him. Yeah, Brian. Um, I can see why it makes sense for them. You know, it'll draw some old school fans into it um but i'm not really interested in seeing it okay i mean again only time can tell um how this actually works out 
and for all we know, it could be straight. So, that's all I have to say. That was really loud. That was super loud. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, let's see. What else we got for Gorilla Position? I got... Oh, we have... Uh, we Go have... Brie Bella and Daniel Bryan expecting their first baby. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Not really, but that's really cool for them. I am. It's cool because I I follow Total Divas um and I didn't to begin with, but my wife got me interested in it cuz you guys you see... are a gay. Well, so sometimes I watch it so, cuz sometimes you see the backstage stuff with the guys and they like talk to them and they'll show like, you know, clips of them and stuff, so it's fun. Okay, well that's um, true. But I got into it and They've literally been like trying, I feel like for for a long time, or they were planning on it for such a long time. So it's cool that it's happening for them. Hope everything works out. No, um, absolutely. On that. And you know, maybe in twenty years we'll see a uh, a little Daniel Bryan or Daniela Bryan in the ring. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this is gonna make Nikki jealous, and then like Nikki and Cena are gonna split because she's gonna realize she wants a baby, and he doesn't. Are you seriously trying to bring, like, Total Divas into the show? Because I won't allow it. No, I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. Because that was, like, the first thing I thought of. I was like, ooh, Nikki's going to be jealous. And then her and John might have trouble in paradise. Oh, boy. All right. So, um, the last <laughs> bat of gorilla position that I have. Um, and then if anybody else wants to take the horns. Um, apparently, uh, WWE has signed Ring of Honor superstar Roderick Strong. Um, which could lead to some pretty good things. Uh, him and Austin Aries are apparently going to be teaming up for the Dusty Classic, um, which, if anybody doesn't know, they were a very good tag team together in ROH, and uh, that could lead to some pretty cool things. Oh, I found a Christmas gift that I needed to get me. I ne- you need me to get you? Yeah, I'm going to need you to buy that for me. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> On Ric Flair's Twitter, he he posted it. It's It's a new T-shirt. And it's like a presidential, like twenty sixteen T shirt. Oh, and it says and it says Flair sixteen to be the man. You got to beat to ma- beat the man. Yeah, and I it saw said, that. It's a make America woo again. I love that shirt. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. I'll buy it for you, but you got to buy it for me. Okay. Okay. And you both buy it for me. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And we'll um, both split Brian's <laughs> down the middle. So here's another thing pertaining to Ric Flair. Has anybody read this amazing story <laughs> that Ric Flair has come out? And said that he fucked Halle Berry. And then she turns around and says, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> She's a fucking liar. Okay, so that's my thing. Somebody in here is absolutely she lying. <laughs> and it's absolutely her. Because for her to, if she were to come out and be like, no, I never had sex with Ric Flair. I'd be like, okay, obviously Ric Flair's a crazy old man. But for her to come out and say, I've never heard of him, you're a fucking liar. That's how you know she's lying. Yeah. That's 100% how you know she's lying. Because if she didn't, like you said, she would have just been like, no, that's not true. He's just a, you know, a lying sack of shit or whatever. Yeah. And instead she's like, I don't know him. There's not one goddamn person on this earth that doesn't know who the fuck Ric Flair was. Unless they were like literally just born or they're like small, small children. So here's the... But even like, you're a small, small children, no. No, absolutely. Um, But here's the funny thing. I guarantee you she's just so upset because it happened like three months ago, and (laughs) she's just so pissed at herself that she's trying to just elude herself of everything that, like, just reminds her of Ric Flair. 
Yeah, she probably got so in, like, the heat of the moment, and then, like, she thinks about it, and she's like, oh, my God, his old balls. <laughs> well, you know what they say, oldest ride, longest line. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely uh, great. Although, oh, man. you could call Halle Berry. Hold on. You stupid idiot! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah. wouldn't, who wouldn't want to admit to sleeping with Ric Flair? That's what I'm saying. I'd be like, I did it. <laughs> I did it yesterday. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get right into Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Raw. Let's talk about some of the strengths. Uh, I'm just going to say this really quickly. So, to me, I don't know about you guys, I felt like it was the best Raw that we've had since the brand split. All yes. around. Like, up top to bottom. Like, for the full three hours, I was like, okay, there's actually something entertaining in each of these three hours. It was, I'm not going to say it was the best, because I think the first Raw from the brand split was the best one, but then nothing else after that was good. But this is a very close second. Well, the only thing good that happened on the first episode after the brand split was those two uh, four-pack challenges where Finn Balor ended up winning, which there were great matches, but there was really nothing else memorable, you know? Mm. That's what I'm trying to, like, I'm saying, like, top to bottom, I felt like this was just the most overall solid episode of Raw. Um couple of my uh, strengths, um, like I said, a major step in the right direction, uh, most entertaining episode of Raw I've seen lately. Um, are they going to use the club properly, finally? Um, when I was watching them, when I was watching what they were doing in the back and in the ring, I was like, okay, this is the goddamn club that everybody deserves. And if they continue to do this, I'm all for it. Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Like, like, I, like I said... Uh, I think they need to be more vicious, and now you're starting to see that. And I, I like that. That's going to be good for them, I think. I 100% agree with you. Um, and the last thing, which before we get into the two big parts of Raw, at least I felt, um, Rollins finding his place finally as a face. Um, that promo and that, that interview that he had with Michael Cole, and then that promo he had with Stephanie, amazing. He's always good. He's never gonna do. He's never gonna do a bad job, whether he's a heel or he's a face. He's always good. But it um, felt like he wasn't that... finding himself as that face for a couple of weeks, and like he just kind of like molded himself into it over this past couple of days. Yeah, well, it's gonna take time. You can't just you can't just go from being a shithead to like you know being sh- this brand new person. It takes a little bit. And but you're right. You know, he definitely found his niche this week. True. I have a couple of little things from Raw. Go ahead. Um, actually, that weren't on a big scale, but they're they're quick mentions. Mm-hmm. Did anyone notice that Sasha's wig almost fell off? Sasha wears a wig. Yeah. No. So, I didn't realize that. See, right? Because I didn't know that either. But my wife's a hairdresser, so we were watching, and when uh, when Charlotte kicked out of one of the moves, you know, uh, Sasha flipped her hair back up, and you can see. It was her wig was pulled all the way back to like the middle of her scalp. That's pretty go, weird. Go, so go back and check it out. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go look at this. This is pretty interesting. It, you're okay. sure it's not like extensions? It's definitely like a full on wig. No, because she Jocelyn thought it was it was extensions at first too. Because she's like all these all the girls have extensions. She's like you can see it. She shows me yeah. where I can like where to look. You know, but then she's like, oh, my God, she wears a wig. And I was like, what? And she's like, rewind it. And we paused it. And, and sure as shit, it was all the way back when she flipped her hair. Mm. That's interesting. I'm definitely going to have to go check that out. 
Um, yeah. That's a nice little tidbit there. Yes, sir. And um, real quick, I'm not going to go really hard on uh, like the Reigns Rusev thing, um, but I feel like we're going to see a, a Reigns heel turn soon. Really? What makes you think that? I th- I was totally I thinking the opposite. I don't know. I just like felt it in the beginning of the show. I was like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's progressively getting like nastier and nastier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's with speaking to the people. That's with his attitude. That's kind of where like what direction he's going to like physically, like when he's wrestling or brawling or anything like that. Like he's it's not as clean he's he's not as clean as it was going and i have a feeling we're gonna see a heel turn but at least the booing and stuff will be justified if he's a heel that's true i mean he would be the most i would probably say he'd be the first legitimate heel that we've had in quite some time um i mean you can't really remember a heel where the fans were actually booing him for the majority i mean even seth rollins like people would cheer the shit out of him when he came out as a heel Mm mm-hmm um, any other uh, quick tidbits on Raw? Um, quick with the cruiserweights. Like I said, I'm not going to go into that either. Um, because you know there was just like the one match, and it was it was all right. Um, it was very disappointing. But go ahead. Rich Swan. Yes. Um, I could not put my finger on who he reminded me of. Um, and I'm like thinking about, it, I'm like, who the hell does he remind me of? Mm-hmm. So when he's he's holding uh, Tony Nese's foot. In the and he starts waving his finger in his face, and it finally came to me. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Coco Beware. I could see it. Um, obviously, not the fat Coco Beware, but like the more agile. You know when he would like, yeah. he would like kind of like flail around and like, like he kind of like not dance. Yeah, he would kind of like do like a dance sort of thing. Like, yeah. totally reminded me of Coco Beware. Just his mannerisms, not not like. No, I get what you're saying. saying. He's shitty or anything like that. Just. Just the way. <laughs> so, do you think Coco Beware was shitty? He was pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest with you if uh, if you asked uh, Rich Swan who his uh, like influences are, Coco Beware would be on there. You could definitely see it. Um, yeah, weird. Uh, so, really quickly, uh, do we want to talk about the New Day Jericho, or do we want to talk about the women's first? Let's save Owens and Jericho for last, because okay. that was really the highlight of the whole show. Okay, all right. But to be honest with you, I would put the both of these things up there. Thank God those two women got a main event spot on Raw. Um, I, I don't think the match was, you know, like, you know, brag to your friends about it at the cooler the next day at work, but that match was just something else, and, uh, you know, good for Sasha Banks to get another championship win over Charlotte. Who gathers around the cooler at work? Who I, even has a cooler at work? You don't have a cooler at work? A cooler? No, yeah. What, cool- like a cooler you bring to the beach? No, I'm talking about the water cooler. No, we don't have a water cooler. But then what do you but, spit and, and in? And if we did, I, I sure as hell wouldn't let people gather around it. There's work to do. <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, Miss fucking manager <laughs> over here. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, move your fucking asses. Anyway. Oh, well, really quickly, I don't mean. I just want to say this really quickly because we touched upon it before. Um, just congratulations to uh, Tony Nice um, making the Raw roster, uh, Long Island guy that uh, basically this is his dream and uh, basically living it. Uh, basically, a guy that most of the uh, people that I know went to school with. Um, I know he's a great guy from uh, what I keep hearing, and uh, it's just really cool to see somebody that essentially you know by proxy uh, making it big in the WWE. 
So kudos yeah, I'm to him. At some point, I'm hoping at some point on here that we can have those NYWC guys on. Uh, Reach out to a couple them. of them. So I am hoping we can get them through here. A couple different ones. You're re- you're closer with them than I am. So you reach out to them. See what we can do. Yeah. No, definitely. Okay. Let me know. Um, so back to the women's title match. Um, I mean, those two, uh, they have such an amazing natural like feud brewing between them. And it's just so good to see two people that are on Trish and Lita's level going at it. Um, it it's just it's a it's a pleasure to see women's wrestling coming to this uh, this level again. Yeah, I love the work that they're doing with it too. With like, um, like showing the flashbacks and the history, it kind of reminds me when Shawn Michaels and Triple H started going at it and having that feud where it went from best friends to to bitter enemies. So I'm really digging it. Almost like uh, even uh, more. Oh God, sorry. Ugh. More of a uh, Kevin Nash, um, Shawn Michaels, good friends, better enemies. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'm just getting more comfortable. Sorry, guys. <sighs> Sounds like you got a lot of gas. No, I definitely don't have a lot of gas. (laughs) Um, So, uh, I mean, that's really, I mean, you know, like I said, it's a great match to end Raw. Um, Kudos for whoever allowed them. Chances are it was Triple H to main event Raw, because I can't see Vince McMahon approving that in any way, shape, or form. Um, But, you know, kudos still, nonetheless. And, uh, what's that? I was going to say, no, I I really, I thought it was... um an excellent match. I'm I'm shocked. I honestly didn't think that Sasha would win it back on Raw. I thought they would wait for like a like an event. Um, but either way, it's cool. It was a great match, and that's. I mean, it's good because you don't see that kind of stuff coming. You know what I mean? You're thinking, okay, Correct. it's just going to be a rematch, you know, on Raw or whatever it is, and and then they wind up taking a championship and that's always cool. Yeah. So, uh, ironically I was talking to my two buddies by the cooler at work. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they had asked me, they're like, do you really think that, uh, you know, Charlotte or Sasha is going to win tonight? And I was like, well, I truly think that Sasha's going to win because raw needs the ratings. Uh, raw wants people to tune into them and you know, what's going to make people tune into raw more than, you know, a championship turn, a big championship change on a, uh, a TV show. So, and that's exactly what it was. So, um, all right, one last uh, strength for Raw this week, and that was Jericho and New Day with probably one of the most hilarious segments I have seen in recent memory. Um, everything about that segment was just brilliant. Just, it was great. It was fantastic. I'm uh, on the list again. You're on the list twice. On the list. Good job. The, just the reaction that Kofi had when he found out he was on the list was just amazing like Woods as well what no uh, did I say Kofi yeah you said Kofi okay I meant Woods when Woods Woods found out out. what Woods was bugging out like freaked out like uh, like it was the end of his life as we know it so funny these guys are hilarious Owens and Jericho are hilarious alone they should have their own show absolutely they're fantastic and then you throw the new day into the mix and it makes it like a hundred times better yeah. Um, they're, they were hilarious when they were finding out about it. Everybody's taking this list so seriously, and I think this is fucking hilarious. Oh, no, that that's what <clears throat> makes it even better, is the fact that people are taking it seriously. Um, yeah, but it's I, like they're reacting like, oh my god, I'm on the list, but what the fuck? What's what the is the fucking list? list? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was the exchange that happened when Kevin Owens initiated it by saying, you guys jumped the shark. 
And I was just like, did he just quote fucking Fonzie? Like, there was that. And then Woods' response back to him saying, when was the last time you jumped over anything? And I was and just... And during the match, Kevin Owens actually jumped on him and yelled at, yelled at him like, yep. five times. Oh, my God. But did not... Did nobody... I was hysterical when the New Day straight face says, you know we don't swim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking... I'm dying. I uh yeah, that was just straight up racial humor just embedded in uh in wonderful I was like, comedy. This is amazing. This is fantastic. It's so funny because it's it's hilarious cuz like some of the stereotypes that people come up with or whatever or it, it's just it's so funny and then well them playing on it themselves it, it makes it even better. Oh, that's what makes it funnier like all the time. Like and they do it all the time. Like they'll either go to imply a racial stereotype as a joke or they will totally do it and then you'll just be like, "Okay, is my, is it okay to laugh right now?" Totally okay to laugh. These guys are fantastic. These guys I, I it's weird because a couple of weeks ago I would totally say, you know, that they've really reached their peak and they have quote unquote jumped the shark, but each week they come out, they're, they're better than ever. And uh, I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. No. I, I don't either. Um, <clears throat> but, however, I don't know. It seems, it seems, they may be hinting a Jericho-Owens feud. I would, I would love, you know, I, I would love so much for one more Jericho championship run. But, what if, what if, my head goes crazy. I start, it starts, you know, the wheels start turning. I get like crazy, you know, because we're almost at Royal Rumble season. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what if Jericho finally, after all these years of being the final few in the Rumble, finally wins the match and takes on Owens at WrestleMania? A dream is a wish your heart Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that was planned, by the way, Brian. I'm just letting you know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, how did you fucking two do that? Like, when did you get a show drop for that? <laughs> um, yeah, no, to be honest with you, I, uh, I don't disagree with you, but the sad thing is I think Balor's going to be back in time for WrestleMania, and uh, that's going to kill that dream right there. So, uh... Yeah, yeah, seriously. Giants just hit a three-run home run. No! Mets are down three nothing in the top of the ninth. Sorry, oh my god! I just got the update. All right, not to bring this into a sports podcast, but yeah, Mets fans around the world just screamed out in utter horror. You mean New York? Mets fans. There's not it's, that it's, many. It's Mets fans. don't have fans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not go there. Guys, come on. Let's get back and focus here. What if Jericho <laughs> wins the Rumble? If okay. he does, that would be fantastic. It would be. It'd be amazing. Absolutely. Well, also, I if, to... And that's fine. What if Jericho takes it and then Finn Balor can take it? I just want another championship run, and I want Jericho to win a Royal Rumble at some point in his career. Two Jericho notes real quick. Um, from what I've heard, apparently he's going away again after, I think it was Hell in a Cell. Damn it. He's taking another absence. And um, something back to what you said before about Jericho and Kevin Owens getting their own show. Um, apparently, they have pitched ideas to the, to Vince and for the network. Oh my God! They, yes, they legit have. I listened to the Talk of Jericho podcast with Kevin Owens Part Two. Um, they have gone to Vince McMahon and asked if they could have their own show, 
And Vince is like, sure, give me some ideas, and they haven't heard anything back yet. So wait, really quickly, somebody asked me if uh, if we think that Jericho can beat Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. If Jericho can beat Owens? Yeah, just ask me. Do you think Kevin Owens can, or Jericho can beat Kevin Owens? Do you think Jericho can beat Kevin Owens at WrestleMania? I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know! <laughs> yes, he can. Jericho can beat anybody, That's and he true. can take that belt off of Owens if he wanted to. And he's clearly shown that as of late, to be honest with you, too. Um, but they, they hinted it, man, and the crowd was like, they were going for it. Oh, absolutely, and then yeah. he turned it right around. He's like, no, 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 you know what, we're going to be a tag team. Yeah. Um, all right, so a couple weaknesses. Um, I don't have many, um, but they are, I have a couple. Braun Strowman... Are they really trying to make him a like a solid contender and like make us really actually care about this guy? Which I feel like I don't want to, but I feel like at the same time maybe I should give him a chance. I, I don't even know what to feel right now. No. Just no. Just no. Just straight no. <laughs> just, just no. And then the other two weaknesses I have are just really like two guys that I feel are being underutilized and they're just going to really fall into the cracks eventually. Uh, Sami Zayn and uh, and Woods. Uh, those two guys really are fantastic in the ring. And unfortunately, I think that un- the, the roster's just loaded with so much talent right now. Two guys like that are really just going to be like pushovers eventually. And that's I it. feel like Woods has always kind of been left behind everybody. Correct. Um, and I don't I don't really know why they do that because he's in such a fantastic, uh, you know, faction. Yeah. So it's weird that, like, they have so much hype, but they really never utilize him. I mean, he's the, they're all comedic relief. I can't even say that he really is it anymore. But, you know, the thing with with the trombone and stuff like that, but they really, they underutilize him wrestling-wise. I don't really know why they do that. Um, And, uh Sami Zayn, I feel really terrible about Sami Zayn, and I, when he was coming up into the main roster, I was really excited about it, but I, it's, it's very hit or miss because I feel like sometimes they drop the ball on guys that deserve the world, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like it's happening to Sami Zayn. I feel like it was, it was Fast and Furious when he came up, and then it was just like, pfft. agreed. I, I definitely think you're a hundred percent right on there, Brian. Ed, uh, would you like to add anything? Um, not really. Um, nope. I, right, I, mean, I watch. <laughs> I watch Raw. I, I helped my brother move on Monday, so I recorded it. Okay. So I missed the first twenty minutes because he didn't record, and then I thought I was gonna be home before the show ended, so I only set it to rec- uh, stop recording like five minutes after. So I missed the second half of the women's title match. Ooh. Yeah. Was... I saw like the first ten fifteen minutes of it, and that was it. Yeah, you should have hooed Wrong. it. Uh, yeah, I haven't had, I haven't had a chance to yet, but uh, I, I'm going to. Um, but I was also messing around with my phone Monday night because that's when it uh, originally stopped working. That's right. This so, is when you met. Okay, so I remember this all now. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So let's go over to SmackDown. Um, let's do some strengths really quickly on SmackDown. Um, really, first off, can I just say that last promo between the three top guys right now, Ambrose, oh, Styles, oh. and Cena. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, that was absolute, like, straight daggers thrown at just John Cena for the both of those guys to be like, you know what, John Cena, shut the F up. This is what you were going to say. I'm going to say it before you did, and now what? And I was just like, 
Oh, holy shit. I was, like, holding my breath the whole promo because I was like, oh, oh. like, I couldn't believe the things that were coming out of their mouths. But it was so, it was so good. And, like, oh. it, it was gold, man. It was Absolutely. pure fucking gold. When he... When when AJ Styles said you'll never even be in the same conversation as Ric Flair, oh, I fucking God. died. I know. And for for AJ Styles, here's what I have a feeling, and I don't know if I'm right, and it's probably just me, you know, doing some pipe dreaming. But what if Ric Flair comes out and helps AJ Styles beat both John Cena and Dean Ambrose? I was thinking that too. Like, it's almost like, okay, that could happen. And then Flair has this, like, heel run with AJ Styles where he's preventing Cena from becoming the champion. Well, after after Raw, Ric Flair took to Twitter and said, tell him AJ Styles. After You mean after SmackDown? Yeah, I'm sorry, after okay. SmackDown. I was like, why would yeah, he be tweeting he, that after Raw? No, he didn't after, even know what happened. After SmackDown, he, uh, he put on Twitter, tell him AJ Styles about the whole... When he was like, "You're you're you're never gonna touch Ric Flair's record," you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you'll never be in the same conversation as him. Well, keep in mind, Ric Flair and AJ Styles were AJ Styles worked very closely together in TNA for a while, and uh, yes, I know he even had the robe and everything. Yep, and I know AJ Styles is a major fan, and obviously who isn't of Ric Flair, and just you know really respects and appreciates him. So. We could I feel see like he that. can go either way, though. I feel like he can he can kind of side with Styles if they wanted to throw Flair in the mix since it's his record. Um, could go the other way, and he can he could back John Cena True. and kind of kind of passing that torch to a new generation. But I really hope not. I really hope not. I don't think this is one of those things where I don't think anybody should have it. I think it should be Ric Flair's. He's you know obviously probably the greatest wrestler of all time. Like. Package wise, he's had the longest career. Um, I just some things should be left alone. I think that's one of them. I, I'm. It's very hard to argue with you on that one. It's uh, although if there's anybody I feel like, I would. Yeah, no, I'll say it. If there's anybody I feel that deserves it, it is John Cena. And you know, Ric Flair's come out and said it multiple times that there's only one person he would feel okay breaking that record, and that is John Cena. And, you know, think about how close Ric Flair is with Triple H and Randy Orton, and those guys are really close to him, too. So, I mean, for him to say that above all those other guys, that's a, that's a testament in itself. Um, uh, so... I feel like, I feel like I'm, we're chatterboxes. I feel like we're not hearing from Brian a lot, and I don't know if he's yeah. just busy or he doesn't have notes, but I don't want to overtake everything, Brian, so... I'm going to let you talk before me. Um, <laughs> be honest, I, I didn't really take much notes. Um, I mean, I again, I thought SmackDown was did a better better job of most things, like we've been saying. Um, you know, it still felt like a little bit of a lackluster show, though, especially the go-home show, but I feel like that's always WWE product. Yeah. The go-home shows for pay-per-view are always lackluster. I don't know if they're trying to bring you down a little bit before the pay-per-view so they can, you know, give you some high spots during the pay-per-view or whatever, but, you know, it, I guess that's just the way it is. Um, you know, the the tag match with Usos, American Alpha was all right. Uh, the Beauty and the Man Beast made the save. That kind of made American Alpha look weak to me, but I think Usos win. Well, I mean, we'll get into that later, so I'll, I won't say that. Um, <laughs> uh but, you know, overall, it's a pretty good show. Um, again, the Divas match was what it was. Women's. 
Women, sorry. I keep saying that. I know. I think habit, we all do habit. it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was it was a solid show. Um, in all honesty, though, now that I'm thinking about it, it probably got some better action out of Raw this week. So, really quickly, because I have two other strengths I want to go over, but I want to just touch on these weaknesses, because they're, they're really what dragged the show down this week, I feel. Um, and, and they're so stupid, and, like, when you say them, like, you laugh at it because of how stupid they were. Corbin and Swagger are two of the most god-awful people to, like... Like, it's literally, like, they were in the back, and they were like, yeah? Well, why don't you go talk to the GM about it and make a match? Well, maybe I will. Yeah, why don't you do... I was like, are these guys fucking serious right now? Like, is this... awful. It was fucking terrible. All of it. All of it's fucking awful. First of all, those two shouldn't have even been paired together. This is swag. They said it was Swagger's like whatever first match back, his debut match back. Stop yeah. bringing Jack Swagger back. Stop bringing him back. I- brought him back a couple different times. It never works out. He sucks every time. <laughs> He's a waste of TV time. I don't understand why they're just not gonna like. They don't get it. Uh, I, again, I don't know, but I'm just hoping we get something because they're good guys in the ring. Like, and I mean good guys as in like I really enjoy their work as far as ring work. They're fantastic, but you literally put a mic in either of their hands and you're like, oh god, somebody set off the fucking nuclear bomb. And I don't feel like everybody needs to have like super crazy mic skills, but they're just not like they don't tell an interesting enough story in the ring yeah. for me to be like mesmerized by them. And it's like if you don't have if you don't have like that personality that you can talk on a mic, then you you damn sure better be able to tell a story with your fucking moves. Correct. Uh, no, I 100% agree. Um, the other thing, and I hope somebody else found this just equally as like just disgustingly awful. Like just as you watch it, you just feel like Perry. Remember a couple of weeks ago where you were like you feel embarrassed for somebody when they do something stupid. Yeah. That's what I felt while watching this. When Mojo Rowley is in the <gasps> middle of the ring and goes, it's hammer time. And <laughs> I don't even know what followed after that. All I know is that even Zack Ryder is in the corner going, no, bro, no. Like, what happened? Like, please, somebody yeah, oh. explain to me what the fuck did I watch? Was that supposed to happen? Did he have a seizure? Is he okay? Like... We're, I don't even know Listen, what Listen, it was my first note for SmackDown. It says, what the fuck? I, I actually, what I wrote for my note was Mojo Rally should never, ever do that again. 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 Like, again, like, please, just I really hope Zack Ryder, like, took him in the back, gave him a pop upside the head and was like, bro, don't do that again. Don't ever fucking embarrass me ever yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> You come to me on the day of the SmackDown, and this all... Okay, so really quickly, final score. San Francisco 3, Mets 0. Sayonara, Mets. That's, uh, that's that. Um, okay, and the last thing I have, and I know that somebody's going to laugh at this because I couldn't stop laughing at this. Did anybody else think that when Carmella is on commentary, you're watching My Cousin Vinny? <laughs> no, I think it's. I don't. Is she really from New York? Because her accent seems forced. I I don't know, but I was literally waiting for her to ask how the Chinese food was. I don't think she is, because she's been like a Laker dancer and all this stuff. So I don't think she okay. is. Yeah, that, yeah. She okay. ha- she has a super forced New York accent, and 
people probably don't realize it unless you're from New York. Correct. Um, it just it's really forced, really bad, mm-hmm. and some of like some of the things that are being forced so hard that they come out so weird. And I'm like, what did she just say? Yeah, like literally. You know, but people in like Iowa probably think that's what New York people sound like. So. Yeah, or Wallingford, Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, no, they, uh, <laughs> there's enough. There's enough New Yorkers here that they get it, and and we're so close to Massachusetts, and the accent is is kind of similar. You're gonna say Massachusetts accent is similar to New York accents? I said kind of similar in certain ways. Listen, when you but, confuse khakis and khakis, that's there's this a difference. That's what I'm saying. Not everything is the same. I got I said you. Smaller similarities, yes. But literally, the, I, there's been people where that will come up to me and say, "Are you from Massachusetts?" And I'm like, "No, I'm from Long Island." And they're like, "Oh, close yeah, enough." Close. Get the fuck out of here. Tell them to go fuck themselves. That's what you can do when you see them. Be like, "Hey, listen, my friend Mike said go fuck yourself." Yeah, go fuck yourself, huh? Um. <laughs> fucking chowder heads yeah no so anyway carmel is really forced and it, it it annoys me listening to her but yeah like i literally half expected her to just start stomping her feet telling us that her biological clock was ticking <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um all right so back to a couple strengths of raw uh, of raw of smackdown which really made the show for me this week um the bray wyatt orton uh like just exchange was just so well done, and what I really expect from this, to be honest with you, is to see Sister Abigail, a.k.a. Sarah Dobson, coming up, even if she kind of, like, splits duty and doesn't have to be on uh, SmackDown all the time, but just shows, hey, look, this is Sister Abigail, and then goes and works with NXT. I don't think they could do that, though. If they're going to have her debut with Sister Abigail, they're not going to have her work NXT as well. I know, it's tough. There's still no word as to what name she's going to be taking in NXT. So, I mean, we could see anything. Good. Yeah. And then, of course, the Miz Ziggler promo was just... Everything about it was just so well done. I laughed as soon as the uh, Dolphumentary came up and it said the success of a failure. uh, I died. It was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is genius. Yeah. Uh, does anybody else seriously feel like this is it, though? Or is it just me? I, I go back and forth. I keep changing my mind. Well, I keep changing my mind because I think it, and then I'm like, no, maybe they're playing it so, you know, because you start really thinking about things, and you're like, but maybe they're just, like, fucking with my mind. And, like, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to go. They're just building all this shit up, and then he's going to win the championship. Like, I, I never want to think that Ziggler is not going to make it through. Last week I had a totally different story though. I'm very bipolar with the situation. Yeah, no, I mean, but from what I keep hearing, WWE at least wants to offer, if he does choose to walk away, I, I'm still not 100% certain on what's going on, but WWE wants to offer him a uh, a backstage role, which I, to be honest with you, I don't think there's anybody else backstage you want more than Dolph Ziggler. He'd be an amazing trainer, but I'm not ready to not see him every week. Correct. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not ready for that. Um, I'm thinking that if he does go, I don't think it will be for long. I think he'll maybe go for a year or so, and yeah. then you'll see him maybe next year as like a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble for a comeback. I agree. No, I uh, if he does go away, I don't think it's uh, it's it's short lived essentially, and short lived meaning like a year at most. Um, so we'll see. Um, Brian, what do you think? 
I, I think uh, a leave of absence could be great for Ziggler. Um, I feel like he's gotten very stale with, with the fans. Um, Watch your mouth. I mean, he, he's still a great athlete, and he's still a great worker, and he's probably one of the best workers that they have. The man damn, damn foot a, a, a broom, and he, he lost, but he fought a fucking broom at a house show multiple times. And had a, and some people said it was match of the night. So that just shows what type of worker he is. But um, I, I think, you know, a, a breath of fresh air and let somebody step up and do some of the stuff he's doing and let him just go away for a little bit, I think that will help him in the long, in the long run. Kind of like how Jericho is, where he disappears for a little bit, comes back, and you never get tired of seeing him. I could easily yeah, see. And he's getting very John Cena-ish with the speeches every week about, like, Loving it, and when we get it, you love the business, and it's it's your life, and we get it. Um, but I feel like I don't know if Brian, that's what you meant, where it's getting stale with the fans, because that's what yeah. I feel. The speeches every week are getting stale, and it's like the same old song. It's a very John Cena-ish speeches about the love of the business, and that's what starts making me think, like, you know what? Maybe, maybe not seeing him for a year will be okay. And then him coming back as a mean some bitch and just taking people out. Yeah, I, I, even to yes, his speeches too. But to a degree, some of his feuds. It, it's I feel like a lot of his feuds have been the same over the last last couple of years. It's Ziggler just you know getting beat up and 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 beat up, and then he rolls up somebody to win or he loses. Yeah, he never comes out the victor, really, you know, yeah. ever. <laughs> that, that's yeah. the worst part about it is uh, basically, it, and I, I think what Brian said is, would be perfect, and I think he would fit that role perfectly, the, that veteran that comes back um, and, you know, has his run. And, you know, maybe we can even see something like what uh, Jericho had where he goes up against uh, somebody like, quote-unquote, CM Punk at a WrestleMania and gives one hell of a match because, you know, no matter what, Ziggler's going to put on one hell of a show. I'm not ready for him to be done, though. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Well, Jericho's not done. As, I'm saying, like... Aside Jer- from my <clears throat> aside from my dreams of him coming back and having another championship run, hmm. I don't... Outside of maybe, like, a tag team championship or something, like, I'm just not ready for that to be Ziggler yet. I get what like, you're saying. Like, I still feel like he's world championship material. Like, I feel like he should still have that. And he, you know, like, he's good enough to still have that. Not that Jericho's not. He's always fantastic. But I feel like... Jericho's more like in that phase where he has other things going on so he's like well I have this going on so you know I still love the business I'm gonna put these guys over while I can and teach them some stuff where Ziggler is like I feel like he's still in this game and he's still a competitor no agreed um all right let's not uh, so much not so much as of late but I I feel like he he should be there I gotcha all right we're gonna move on to uh, our no mercy predictions um, let's, uh, let's start off with, uh, Randy Orton. Six and one. What? Six and one. Yeah, we Six know. Six and one. Trust me, that's getting all, right. all factored into this. Um, alright, so maybe I can actually come out a little bit better this time. Let's see. Uh, Orton. Yeah, I made my predictions last, so you, so you can't, uh, copy me. That's fine, because I don't think we're going to have the same predictions anyways. No. Alright, uh, Orton versus Bray Wyatt. I'm going to go with Bray. Orton. 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 Okay, so you two are on this track again. Well, he I, just because he just came off of a loss with Brock Lesnar, I can't imagine him losing again. 
And I also think Orton's going to be next in line for AJ1 because Ambrose goes away for a movie and Cena's going away to film uh, shows. So I agree with you, and I think that's the exact reason why um, I think Bray Wyatt should win. While it kind of doesn't make sense, I feel... Hold on, I think I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> ow, ow, fuck. Did you so hit your head on the, on the microphone? No, I totally did. Uh. <laughs> All right, thought. What was my thought? Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Shut up. Um, while I think Orton is next to feud with AJ Styles for the championship, I think putting Bray Wyatt over right now would make the most sense, um, even though it kind of doesn't make sense, because Bray Wyatt needs a victory. Like, this guy has been losing after match after fucking match after match, and Orton doesn't need the victory. He's going to go up against AJ Styles. He's going to have a good feud. He's probably not going to win the championship, but, you know, Orton isn't that guy that needs the wins. That's what I'm just saying. So I don't understand. So you're expecting Wyatt to win, but Orton gets the shot at Styles? Yeah, I know. It doesn't make sense, but we'll see. Yep, you're going to lose. Okay. (laughs) You're going to die, clown! You're going to die, clown! (laughs) Um, Did you have a pre-show match at all? um, If anything, I can easily see this next match I was about to announce, the pre-show match. Uh, Carmella versus Nikki. Carmella. Carmella? Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Carmella. Brian? Who'd you pick? Oh, right, I'm sorry. Um, I'm actually going with Nikki Bella. Going Nikki as well. Okay. I think it's the end of their feud. Oh, See, I don't think it's the end of their feud by a long shot, but I think this is when Nikki finally shows, like, listen, bitch, this is my show. Yep. Especially with the total uh, Bella's show coming out, it doesn't make sense for Nikki to lose. Like, I know that makes no sense, but it's like, okay, you gotta, in, you know, kind of, like, do something. That Nikki looks strong. Correct. All right, so, uh, next match we got is Beauty and the Man Beast versus the Usos. I am gonna go Usos. Uso. Usos. Usos. That's a triple threat Usos right there. I think they win it, and they wind up losing it to uh, American Alpha at some point. I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. Next match is going to be a, a tearjerker. Miz and Ziggler. I am... Uh, this kills me. I'm saying Miz. I think Miz wins. I think Dolph Ziggler doesn't renew his contract. I think we're going to see him go away for a little bit. Hopefully not forever. And uh, I think, obviously, his best friend is the best person to put him out. Perry? No, Brian, go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I have I have Ziggler circled, but just because I just don't want to give up. I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. All right, so I'm going to put you down for Ziggler. I might change that by the end of the podcast. All right, you just let me know. Okay. <sighs> I I think I don't know. I'm gonna go with Miz. Okay. I don't want to. Uh, trust me. I, you think I wanted to? Uh, it was just a smart decision at that point, so I don't I, go I, another one in seventeen. Honestly, I think this is gonna be the hardest match on the card to predict. Oh, absolutely! What, like without a doubt. Like I'm sitting here, I'm like, they can swerve us. Like that's a possibility. 
All right, uh, Becky versus Alexa Bliss. I, I feel like this one is a, even a no-brainer. Like to even think that Alexa Bliss would take the title off Becky right now, it makes no sense whatsoever. So I'm going Becky. 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 All right. That's not how you spell Becky. All right, and of course we got the triple threat match for the world title. I think we're all going to be in agreement here. I say AJ Styles. AJ Styles. All right. AJ Styles. All right. Okay, so it looks like one, two, three of the matches were actually all in agreement. That's half. Yeah. So this uh this actually could end up being interesting. All right, people, it's time for your favorite segment of the show. That's right. Hold on. It's time for... You Wish You Could Trivia with your host, Perry Jericho. And your contestants this week, Flying Brian and Mike Canatella. Come on down! <laughs> I love it. I dance every time it comes on. I'm like, I get into it. I feel like I'm on the show. I'm like, hey, hey, Bob, Bob, pick me, Bob. Pick me. All right. So. All right. So, I uh, I picked five questions. Okay. Um, I will answer. I will ask them to you guys. It has to do with our topic for this week, which is the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. So whenever you guys are ready, let me know, and I will start. Uh, I'm just going to say this right now. No fucking Googling. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, Never mind. You can't even do phone. it. All right. I'm ready when you are. All right, guys. Who held the Intercontinental Championship the longest and for how many days? Oh, we have to... Hockey Talk Man, Shit. and it was 385? No. no. It was a Honky Talk Man. That I know. I know it was just past 14 months. I don't know the exact amount of days, though. Okay, well, it's good enough. Honky Tonk Man. All right. So we both got that one right. It was 454 days. Uh, wow. Hold on, hold on. Uh, there we go. Yeah. All right, that's All right. Uh, one so for each of us. one to one. Okay. What's next? All right. Second question. When was the first time the title was vacated, and why? Ooh, I know this. Was it Shawn Michaels when he got jumped and had to give it out to Dean Douglas? Or Dean Douglas wound up winning it? Mike? I think he's right, but I feel like it was vacated before that. Mm-hmm. Do you know when? Uh, no, I want to say Pedro Morales. No, so you're both wrong on that one. Hold on. Poo-poo on you. The answer was the Ultimate Warrior after WrestleMania six when he oh, won the championship. Oh, my right. God! Oh, that was so stupid of me. And he had to give it up. He had to give it up. Because, uh, God forbid, he would give up the world title. <laughs> hey, never know. Yeah. All right. So, question three. Who was the first to hold the title for more than a year? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with Honky Tonk Man. I'm going to agree with that. Both are wrong. 
It was Pedro Morales Fuck, in 1981. Fuck, I was going to say that, too. He, Damn it. He held it for 425 days. Damn it. All right. How many we got left? Two more. You two ready? More. Yeah, let's do yep. this. I feel like the last two are a little bit, e- maybe a little bit easier for you guys. I'm not sure, though, because I thought the second question was pretty easy. Okay. Um, who interviewed Stu Hart after Bret Hart's Intercontinental Championship win at SummerSlam 91? <laughs> Oh, oh, Lord Alfred Hayes. Brian? I'm going to go with Lord Alfred Hayes. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so, Perry, please just tell the people why we're fucking hysterical <laughs> laughing. Because I'm not going to be able to get it out. Because it's just too much. We, wait, I love SummerSlam 91. And that's actually one of my favorite Intercontinental Championship matches. Hold on. But the best, but the best part of the entire match... Is after when Lord Alfred Hayes is interviewing Stu Hart from the stands. But if anybody has listened to Stu Hart, he's such a slow talker. He was such a slow talker. So like, you got to give the guy a second to fucking talk. Okay, so I'm Lord Alfred Hayes is like what? I'm gonna play it really quickly. Hold on. Oh, you have you have it up? Yeah, hold on. Here it comes. I didn't mean to cut you off, Perry, but this is just worth it. This is gold. going to talk and Lord Alfred Hayes just like rejects him. He was like nexted. Oh my god. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Alright, what's the last question? Hey Stu, wake up! Oh my, how good was it that I called you and did that to you? Hey, no, that was amazing. Oh, okay. Alright, what's okay, the last, last question? question. <laughs> uh, <who> did... <laughs> that should have been the last question. Like that should... I know. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Very good. Uh, who did Pat Patterson lose the championship to in 1980? Pedro Morales. Brian? Uh, I have no idea. Well, Mike's wrong. What? Yeah, I didn't want to agree with him. Who was it? It's Ken Patera. Oh! Uh, that son of a bitch. Just, and then Ken Patera lost it to Pedro Morales. Damn it. Possibly. No, yeah. Alright, so really quickly, I actually have two that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, so out of these three, who has never won the IC title? Janetti, Snuka, or Kane? Snuka? Uh, no. Kane. Brian? Snuka. Snuka. Yep, it's Snuka. It's Snuka? Yeah. I was like, I was like oh my god. And then the the other question that I found um, was who were the two superstars involved in the unification match that briefly ended the IC title? Um, Van Dam and uh, either Van Dam and Eddie or Van Dam and Hardy. No, Kane and Triple H. Oh, that's right. Okay, I was thinking of the uh, the hardcore unification. Yeah, that was that one. Um, but no, like I said, I found those. Those questions, I was like, oh, these are actually really good questions. 
All right. So, since we're there, uh, <laughs> I still can't. It's so fucking good. Uh, um, let's talk about our Intercontinental Championship. Um, you, I have a couple different topics. Do we want to ca- talk about our favorite champions, our least favorite or least memorable champions? Um, I have a good topic, superstars that were vaulted with the IC title, and then our favorite IC title matches. Vaulted with the head? What do you mean? What's that mean? So, okay, we'll start with that one, actually, because I like this topic. So, superstar, superstars that use the that essentially the IC title, like, jump-started their career, and that essentially they were made, like, after winning the IC title, they were just, like, thrown into the limelight and uh, the uh, the main event. So, I mean, you're talking... Like everyone. Not really. So... No, no, it's not, I know. So, you're talking about guys like Stone Cold, The Rock, Edge, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Warrior, Macho Man, Bret Hart, Kurt Angle, and uh, as of recently, Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, so the... you just you just named all of them. So now we have nothing to talk about. I'm just saying, you my guys. So what do we want to talk about? Well, we were going to talk about that, but you just listed everybody. That's not everybody. <laughs> if you guys have somebody that you feel I did not name, please throw it out there. Or we could talk about somebody that I just named. Or you could just go silent. Just because you said it, we don't want to talk now. All right. Go night-night. <laughs> <laughs> Was there somebody that you so, feel I left out? No, not someone that I think you left out. Shawn Michaels, 100%. Oh, absolutely. I feel like he started it. He, like, from... No, Bret Hart, I feel like, really kind of started it. Um, I guess, yeah, you could say that. Because I feel like... I, they both went from tag team to that intercontinental spotlight and then it literally like from there was up Shawn michaels obviously took a little bit longer from his intercontinental days to Mm -hmm. his championship days where i feel like Uh. bret hart was literally thrown into it like he was the ic champion one year at wrestlemania and the next year he was a champion yeah no you're right uh i think somebody else started it go ahead i think i think macho man started it i knew you were going there oh that's very true though same thing. He was champion at three, and and became four. yeah, you know, and then became WWE champion or WWF champion at four. Yeah, but that's what yeah. we're talking about. Like you know, yeah, same oh. same time frame where it was like Bret Hart and Macho Man were very similar. Like they were one champion one year, and then the next year they were at the the top of the the totem pole. Yeah, I, I, the guys that we that I just named. I mean, those are literally like the who's who of wrestling, and you know. It just shows you that that Intercontinental Championship used to actually mean something and actually used to say, listen, we really feel that you are going to be the guy someday, but here's a belt to hold you over. You know? It's like a, it's like a promise ring. Exactly. It's the promise <laughs> ring to the WWE. That's the best way of putting it. Um, do we want to touch upon anything else about superstars that were vaulted with the IC title? Well, Brian was just talking about Savage. So, Brian, did you have anything further about Savage? Was there anyone um, outside of Savage that you were thinking of? It, 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 it's, it's hard because, like, back in the day, you, not too many guys got vaulted by it. Like, you had guys who did great with it. Like, Honky Talk Man, he had a great run, mm-hmm. but he went nowhere afterwards. Um, Warrior was another one that kind of got vaulted by because, he, again, same time frame, he won the... He won the belt, and then a year or so later, he was wrestling for the world title, or six months later, whatever it was. <clears throat> so he was wrestling for the world title at WrestleMania six, and then he gave it up. So I mean, back in the day, it didn't really help too many people, but as you got 
through the new era and the new generation, I think it helped a lot more people going forward. Yeah, another one, too, that held it, uh, that really didn't do anything after it title-wise was uh, Roddy Piper. Absolutely. Held it, yeah. for, held it for a couple months, and then he dropped it to heart at, at WrestleMania 8, and that was, like, it. I mean, you know, and then and then we didn't... <clears throat> We didn't see Piper again until he refereed at 10. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you guys also want to talk about guys that essentially won the IC title and plateaued with that. Mr. Perfect. I yeah. know. So I mean, sad. Yeah. He, he could have gone. I think it's, I feel like at that time, maybe just weren't ready for someone like Perfect. but To headline the company. No, I agree with that. But, I mean, go ahead, Brian. But, man, he could have. Another guy that plateaued, uh, Razor Ramon. Yep. See, I, I was just—I don't know if I was talking to somebody or it might have just been me talking to myself uh, in my probably own head. the latter of the two. Yeah, um, <laughs> people. I, I think he came up on a list, and it was like uh, underrated, underrated superstars. And honestly, I think Razor Ramon uh, was completely overrated. Overrated. One hundred percent. I think people make him out to be more than he was. Wow. I th- I think he, you know, the Scott Hall thing and the Outsiders and the NWO was cool for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but him as Razor Ramon, I, I I feel like it was just garbage, and I think it was very overrated. Mm. All right. I don't even think <clears throat> that he really should. I mean, he was in spots where he was wrestling for the WWF Championship, but never made it. But um, I don't even think he really should have gotten that far. Actually, the one match that uh, that comes to memory, and I, I don't remember what year it was, I almost want to say 93, uh, Razor Ramon versus uh, Bret Hart at the Royal Rumble, um, where, like, they made a big deal about, like, Razor's legs being, like, super long and Bret not being able to put the sharpshooter on him. Mm-hmm. Is that 93? It was I'm before, thinking. It, it, was the Ro- it was the Royal Rumble before WrestleMania 9, so whatever year that yeah. was. Yes. So yeah, it was, it was okay. Ramon because then 1994 was the Bretton Owen where he kicked his leg right. out of his leg. Yes. So what I love then is that you have Razor Ramon in the world title picture at Royal Rumble, and then at the subsequent WrestleMania you have Razor Ramon versus Bob fucking Backlund. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I just think Razor Ramon. It was a mistake. <laughs> oh Jesus! He should have been left people on the like, shelf. People like loved him, and like <laughs> I never loved Razor Ramon. And like even thinking about him now, and like going back, it's like he was like supposed. To, he was like a mid. He was like mid carded at like the worst time in wrestling. Yeah. So it's like he wasn't even the top at the worst time. You know what I mean? So I don't know. He, I just he didn't do anything special. He wasn't special. All right. I mean, that's your opinion, but uh, I, I, you know, that's I've never thought like I've never heard you say that. It's just weird because like I always pictured you as a Razor Ramon fan. Oh no. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, hey guys, we have one more match to predict for uh, No Mercy. Oh wait, what is huh. it? Baron Corbin will take on Jack Swagger. Who fucking cares? Oh sweet Jesus! That's what I say. <laughs> I just saw it on Facebook, so I had to mention it. All right, uh, let me just add this in here really quickly. Uh, seriously, you're gonna? I have to. It's part of the show. Uh, I'm gonna go with Corbin on it. Cor- son of a yeah, bitch. I'm gonna go Corbin as well. I'm. Oh, this is tough. 
Um, I'll go Corbin. Stop agreeing with the smart people, Mike. No, you know what? I'm actually going to go Swagger. Oh, don't do that to yourself. No, I'm going to go Swagger. Alright. Don't cry when uh, you're getting things wrong. Yeah, whatever. Alright, so back to the Intercontinental Championship uh, discussion. Um... Do I just I just like unlike like last week's topic with the cruiserweights, the Intercontinental Championship has always been um, my favorite. That and tag team when I was growing up, like those were my favorites. Oh, I know. Um, like when they had like the styrofoam belts that you could buy, like when you were a kid. I I had the tag team and I had the Intercontinental. I gave zero shits about the WWF Championship <laughs> when I was younger. All the way up until now, I mean, they're still my favorite matches are. The, the intercontinental matches usually um, because it's usually the workhorses of the company and they always usually put on the best shows of the night I feel like um, and that's from as long as I can remember the the middle of the card the intercontinental championship um, was always like those, those matches were always like a little bit of a faster pace but they were always so good and so interesting and it was like because the guys there were so hungry that they really work their asses off. Um, and like I said, most of the time they were the best, they were the best matches on the entire card. Um, and then finally in, in 92, um, at SummerSlam at Wembley, it finally got a main event spot yeah. because of, because of Davy boy. And they were in, they were in England and it was home for him. And it was like the first time they were there. Um, so that was like super cool to see too, which, you know, and it followed Randy Savage and the ultimate warrior, which, you know, then those guys were huge. So for, for Brett, the Hitman heart and British bulldog to go after Randy Savage and ultimate warrior with like Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect in the mix. That was huge. No, it was and like to, to this day, I, I absolutely love watching that pay-per-view, especially with you because I, I just feel like it has that, that like it's like our '92 Royal Rumble. Like Brian is gonna join in the the aura of watching the '92 Rumble with us. And <laughs> we watch the '92 Rumble every year, sometimes multiple times a year. But and always our, the night before the always the night of the Royal Rumble, we watch '92. Yeah, and it drives our wives absolutely fucking bonkers because they can't understand why we can watch the same fucking Royal Rumble over and over and over again and still enjoy it. I just watched 92 the other day, and my wife was like, um, I don't understand how you can watch this again. <laughs> you know exactly who's coming, when they're coming, what they're going to do. Like, I don't understand. And I was like, you just don't get it. Yeah, you don't, don't understand me. It's so bad that we can predict the cowbells in the match. Yeah, we know when the cowbells happen. It's it's <laughs> it's, sad. it's my favorite. 92, 92 was my favorite year in wrestling, I think. 100%. Um, all right, so we're talking about how the Intercontinental Championship... <laughs> just means so much to us, and I agree with Perry 100%. Let's talk about some of our least favorite or least memorable IC champions. How about that? Okay. Oh, man, I didn't prepare for least. Oh, um, I got some I good can, ones. I can probably think of. I'll start I it off. Go ahead. you all better say the Mountie. The Mountie. I was so, just about to say. start it off with the Mountie. Don't start with the Mountie. He was, I loved him. I, I, exactly, but he was fucking awful. He was great. He was not. As you can say that Razor Ramon was overrated, I can easily sit here and say that the Mountie didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, the Mountie wasn't even rated, so. <laughs> <laughs> he was just there. But I loved him. He had the shock stick and Jimmy Hart with him. That was dope. Yeah, I mean, if you had Jimmy Hart with you, you knew you were some type of special, so. 
Yeah, some sort of special. Some sort of special. Brian, who do you got? You got anybody? Um, I think uh, just because he probably didn't really deserve to have the belt, Godfather. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. That era where the Intercontinental Championship meant absolute shit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the Attitude Era. I mean, that's the one thing I could think of. The one era where it, it completely got overlooked for the most part. Mm-hmm. And they were just putting it on guys to try to see if they could be be something. And that's when it was... I think the IC title was at its worst because you had guys like Godfather. Um, I think Rikishi had it at one point. Oh. Um, it was guys who just didn't deserve to have the belt having the belt. I think D'Lo Brown had a run with it. I know he had a run with the European Yeah, it was very <clears throat> more popular for his European title run. But two other guys yeah. that came from that era are Val Venus and Shamrock that I just felt did not deserve that title. I well, feel like Shamrock... Sorry, go. I feel like Shamrock they were trying to do more with, and he just kind of didn't catch on with fans. I wasn't upset that he got it so much. I was... I kind of liked him back then, but, like, they never did anything with him. What were you going to say, Perry? I was just saying, so the championship was pretty much passed around like a dirty whore. <laughs> yeah. Like Mike's butthole. Pretty much. Yeah. I had somebody in mind, and now I lost my train of thought on it. On. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the title was at its all-time low point when the only person they could think to put the belt on was Marty Jannetty. <laughs> no, yeah, that was that was one of the ones I was thinking, and I was like, okay. Let's not. I don't even think that they they did it to further a few with Shawn Michaels. That was it. Yeah, yeah and I, I think that part of them wanted to see, um, if Janetti would hold his own and he would get the backing that maybe Michaels got since they were so popular in the Rockers together. And then I just think it just didn't happen. Correct. Um, do you want to talk about some of our favorite IC champions? And then we'll go into uh, favorite IC title matches, because i got a couple of those. Yeah. Oh, you know who I loved? Who did you love? I loved Goldust. Damn it, I was going to start off with Goldust. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll no. just retract that. We can start over. No, I, I let's keep going with it, because, I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like he doesn't get the credibility he deserves for being as great of an Intercontinental Champion as he was. He was fantastic. Absolutely, and so was his brother. His... And I loved that he had the gold strap. Oh, yes. Like, you have to have the gold strap if you're gold dust. Like, the gold sparkly strap. Yep. It was perfect. And I loved that Cody brought back the traditional um, Intercontinental Championship. That, that just added to who Cody is, I feel, and what his lineage means. Old school. Yeah, it was just perfect. And talking about, talking about perfect, um, one of my favorite Intercontinental Champions of all time, uh, Mr. Perfect. Yes, I was just going to say, and we're on the same wavelength, I think, with the with the IC stuff. I feel like we're very, we're like spirit animals. Oh, yeah, I think if... Of each other. Yeah, I think if the two of us just looked at our favorite IC title champion list, it would be the same exact list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, except I have Razor on mine, and you probably wouldn't. No, I wouldn't at all. <laughs> Brian, what about you? Um... Obviously, we could, I could go with somebody like Jericho, who I'm a, Jer- a huge Jericho mark anyway. Most icy title reigns and everything like that. But I want to go with somebody that you guys probably may not be thinking of. Probably, I don't know, Owen Hart. There you go. I have him he on my was list. Always one of my favorites growing up. Uh, I mean, he was the the basically the quintessential underrated superstar, and uh, yeah. it's just Ever. 
Absolutely, and it's just a absolute shame that uh, you know the tragedy that happened to him because you know you could have gotten a long, long career out of that guy, possibly. Um, yeah. But you know, just the stories you hear about him just make it it make you miss him all the more. So I guess so. Yeah. Except for when he broke Stone Cold's neck. Yeah. Hey, even yeah. to a degree, you could throw Stone Cold on this list too. Oh, he's on my list. Yeah, he's uh his his reign was short, but that match that him and Owen had was great up until he broke Austin's neck. Yeah, it was, and what makes that match even more amazing, even though I hate watching that match, is he finished the goddamn match. Yeah, and walked away. Yeah, he's yeah. crazy. Come on, uh, I don't see. I don't have. I don't have Austin as as one of the best Intercontinental champions because I feel like he was put in that in that Intercontinental situation, but he was he was beyond that at that point. Agreed. I think it was just given to him to see if he can handle a title essentially. Yeah, he was he was way beyond it. It it didn't belong on him. It didn't fit him. Um, you know, he was much more fit for that championship role. Either two of you guys have another person you would like to throw out? Um I like the older guys. Like I I, I remember, you know, I, I love the old like Rick Rude feuds. I loved when, oh, Rick when Ravishing Rick Rude was the was the Intercontinental Champion after he beat Warrior at WrestleMania Five with no help from Bobby Heenan. None. <laughs> <laughs> um, loved Rude. I loved Rick Rude. He was such an asshole. He I, was fantastic. And he was like one. Of, he's another one of those guys that I feel like was underrated and was misutilized. Yep. A lot. I think it was there, and they just. It was, he was like good enough. You know what I mean? It was like. What you're doing, it's good enough. We're yeah. going to make you an Intercontinental Champion, and that's enough. Yeah, like, you're good here. We'll leave you here. Yeah, we'll leave you right here. You're perfect here. We don't need you to move any any further. So. so, I'm surprised that I haven't heard this person out of either of you two yet, especially Perry. Um, I think that this person um, revolutionized the Intercontinental Championship and essentially made it something altogether all, uh, great all over again, and that's China. China. What? Are you guys laughing at me? <laughs> What's yeah, a little bit, yeah. Why? Uh, While her um, run was kind of like... Uh, the She won it in that good housekeeping match, did she not? Or did she retain in that match? She... I, guess, I don't I even just think, remember. I, th- I just think it's... Uh, I just think it's weird. I, th- I, mean, I mean, it's really cool that she was... Like, I think the only woman at this point, right? Is she the only yeah. woman? I yep. know she was definitely the only first woman. woman. No, she's the only woman. So that was, you know, obviously it's cool, but it's like weird. It's just weird. And I wouldn't put it on the top, on the list of top or favorites. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, it was definitely interesting. And it made it better that she was doing it with Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Like that feud was happening with them and then he won it back. Yeah. Um, at, at the Royal Rumble, um, you know, was it was it the triple? It was a triple threat, wasn't it? Like him, yeah. China, and Bob Holly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's how she um, it. So, um, you know, it was it was a cute run, and it was cool that she got the opportunity to do that, and she was that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, I think it was just strange. All right. So, before we uh, get too lengthy here, let's go into our favorite icy title matches because these I know we're going to talk about for quite some time. You you don't get lengthy. You're I, not my dad. You can't tell me what to do. What? 
<laughs> I don't even know what just happened. <laughs> um, don't tell me not to be lengthy. Okay. Uh, so this is it. we can't we can't rush the Intercontinental Championship. I'm not rushing it. I'm just saying we're gonna start talking about matches. Calm the shit down. Sorry. Put your fucking underwear with dick holes back on. <laughs> um, my mom hates that. She my hates mom it hates so when bad. You say that. So you say it. I don't fucking say. It. I mean, I do say I know. it. But... Well, my me and my brother start started that joke, and yeah. she hated it then, and now she hates that you know about it. it, it we watched she... the show together. Brian, Brian, my mother hates when my brother and Mike say that I wear underwear with dick holes in it. <laughs> First of like all, super offended, and I'm like, Mom, I do wear underwear. With there you go. Like she 100 percent wears underwear with dick holes in them. And she's like, still, you know, she gets so upset. So that's where that comes from. Exactly. Anyway. Little uh, tidbit for the fans. So if you, so if you ever hear him say that, it's. My, you just gotta hope my mom's not listening because she'll whoop your ass. I, I hope she doesn't listen to the show. She no, can't. She, she couldn't. Doesn't, she doesn't have time for this show. Yeah, like she's like, I have better shit to do. All right. Yeah. Um. So I have a couple of matches that I don't feel, or maybe you guys did at it, but um, I would like to hear what uh, Brian uh, has as far as a favorite IC title match. Um. Obviously, Razor Sean's up there. Okay. Um. One of my other favorites, though, it's another ladder match. Um. Rock and Triple H from SummerSlam. I put that on here too. Um, that, that match was just so good, and like the the where those two were at the time just made it all the much better of a match. One was with the Nation of Domination, the other one was with DX. Um, The Rock won that. Uh, no, that's the, when Triple H won. That is when Triple H won. Okay, because that's when that's the when DX he, was he faced. Won his first singles title, I think. I think too. No, I thought he was the European champion before that. Oh yes, that's right. Okay, yeah, I about that. Um, another ladder match that I feel deserves to be on that list is uh, Royal Rumble 2001. Yes! Uh, cr- Jesus Christ, calm down. <laughs> wow. I got excited about that one. I was like, yeah! This match is... If if you guys haven't seen this match, like, go watch this because this is just pure, straight-up wrestling talent in, like, the nth degree. Chris Benoit versus Chris Jericho in a ladder match for the IC title. Um, yep. It's so good. I was watching, like, when I was doing this, I was like, you know what? I want to watch this match. And I turned it on. It was, like, just, that's when uh, he put him in the the walls of Jericho on top of the ladder. That's when that shit started. Yeah. I mean, it's just a great match. That's all I'm going to say. Perry, you got one? Um, well, we already talked about SummerSlam 92, which was one of my, my favorite IC matches. I also, and we've talked about this in the past too, and I hate to come back to the same things on episodes, mm-hmm. um, but WrestleMania 8, um, I love the Piper Hart feud. That's I love that too. they were friends. I love that they knew each other for such a long time. It had that backing to it. So that, and they were both faces. Was there that, wasn't a... Go ahead, sorry. That, no, say what you were saying, I'm sorry. There was just, there was no heel in this match. Cause, and that was, I feel like the first time where we kind of saw two two baby faces coming together in a championship match and it's i feel like it started with with the promo and that's where it started getting heated because like Hart was getting pissed that piper was like joking with them and and piper's like man we've been buddies forever or whatever and then they get in the ring and it starts getting fucking ugly and it's so, like 
That and was then, the promo. And then it ends in respect. Like it ended with the handshake and him helping him and putting the belt on his waist. And I yeah. thought it was a great match. Yeah, that was the promo where they were basically with Mean Gene at the same time. And Piper talks about how we used to like watch him and peek over his like crib or something like that. He'd be like, oh, your mom used to make them bologna sandwiches. Yes, that's it. Of course, there's only one piece of bologna. Well, I, don't I don't care. Know, I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Roddy Piper. Um, all right, guys, uh, just think of another match to talk about. I'll be right back. Did he have to again. poop? I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to pee before the podcast. It's two weeks in a row, damn it. Um, what other matches? I had uh, Savage and Steamboat at three, and I know it's, like, I feel like people talk about it all the time, and it's probably yeah. very cliche, um, but it was such a fantastic Ooh. match. What about uh, Brett Perfect? At 91, SummerSlam? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorites, too. Um, most I of my favorite ma- most of my favorite matches are IC matches. Yeah, that's like it's I'm... really <laughs> most of them are. I don't know. <laughs> I'm blanking on a lot. Of, like I forgot to do research for it this week, and I'm trying to think of matches right now. Oh, you know who I forgot to mention? Who I thought was a pretty good IC champion? Mm. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. You know, what? I forgot he was. He 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 had a few runs too. That's the thing. Yeah, I forgot that he was. And Jeff Jarrett, I always forget about, too. Yeah, well, WWE wants you to forget about him. I loved him. I loved Double J. I like Jarrett, too. Just WWE doesn't like him. Vince doesn't like him. Wait, yeah. are we talking about Double J? Yeah. Why? Sure, I went to go pee. I know. I said I, I forgot about Double J. Most people forget about Double J. Well, that's, you know, I think that's <laughs> what they, Brian was saying. I think that's what they wanted. Yeah. But I liked him. What match were we talking about with Double J in it? No, we weren't. We were just... He was saying that... Um, who were you talking about, Brian, that Sh- you forgot uh, to mention? Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, had 30. He's a pretty good uh, IC champion. Yeah, I agree with that. Are um, you eating pizza? No, I'm eating a uh, uh, Three Musketeer. Oh, I have pizza, too. Yeah, but it's Connecticut yeah. pizza. It's not real pizza. It's uh. not real. It's not real. <laughs> So we were talking um, about another match, and I was saying it's very cliche, but WrestleMania three Savage Steamboat, which, you know, I mean, it's very cliche, and everyone talks about it, because it, it legitimately is a fantastic match, and it was then, so way before it's time. Yeah. Like, you know, they put on a hell of a show, it stole the entire show. Oh, absolutely. It, di- it didn't matter what the fuck came after that match. It wasn't going to touch it. No. I mean, that's the only reason I didn't put it on my list that I have in front of me is because it, it's like you talk about the IC title. Yeah, you talk about WrestleMania 3. Like, everybody knows that. I wanted to talk just about, know it. Yeah, I wanted to talk about other matches that I feel like don't people don't give enough credit to. Um, like the next match that I'm going to announce, which was at Backlash, Orton versus Cactus Jack. Yes. I mean, oh, God, just such a brutal match between two guys that literally just wanted to beat the piss out of each other. That was the no-holds-barred match, right? Yep, that's when I think Orton took the um, the uh, bump into the tax. Yes. Which, um, if you uh, saw you the face... What? What'd you say? Can you hear me? Yeah, why? Okay, because something started playing. I wasn't sure if you guys heard that or not. No. Okay. I didn't hear anything. Um, but if you watch Orton's face when he takes the bump into those tacks, 
his face immediately goes from, wow, this match is a lot of fun, to I will never do this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other matches? Those were my favorites. Uh, we were talking to, we had mentioned it earlier, and it was in the trivia, uh, the 91 SummerSlam uh, heart and perfect, which yep. goes in my book as one of my favorites of all time, not just in the intercontinental scene, but of all time. Oh, yeah, just, again, one of those matches where you just love the whole match from start to finish. So, ironically, like, I'm looking at my list. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matches, roughly. Five of them are from SummerSlam. Like five of them from different SummerSlam. SummerSlam has really good Intercontinental Championship matches. Apparently, yeah, yeah. it's just I don't know why. I, I feel like it totally trumps like WrestleMania IC matches. Yeah, unless it's this past year and you have Zack Ryder winning in an amazing ladder match. What was the Intercontinental yeah. Championship match from SummerSlam? This past year? Mm-hmm. The Miz had it. Miz. Ziggler? Was that no? I think it was Ms. No. Cruz. Ms. and Cruz, yeah. Oh God, that was awful. Yep. Cruz. Yeah, I hope they drop him. Yeah. Why does it seem to be so many in the Continental matches? Um, leading years are ladder matches that are really good. Well, I'm sorry. Say that again. Why is it so many of the, the great Intercontinental title matches are ladder matches as well? What the fuck is that? Somebody making tea. Perry, is that you? I'm not, I'm not making tea. Do you guys hear that, or is it just me? No, I hear it too. What do you? What do you? I don't understand what you guys are hearing. It's like the creepiest high pitched whine I've ever heard. It's gone. On, let me take my let me take my headphones off. Almost. Oh, it's our pipes. Sometimes when you run the hot water oh. at first, it whistles. Oh my god, oh. I just got so... I was like, Perry, get out of the house. <laughs> get, get out of the house. <laughs> the whistle's coming from inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it's not going anymore, right? No. It's turned off here. Yeah, no, it's, I can't hear it anymore. They put me out! They put me out! They put me out! <laughs> Dude, I can't, I can't wait for our Royal Rumble discussions. I really can't. It's going to be like a five-hour show. Oh, I can't. I can't wait to like just hang out and like just have Brian there and just experience how awesome Royal Rumble weekend is. I can't wait. That's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> as I stuff my face with candy. All right. Um, I don't know about you guys. What? what? Go. Oh, I was gonna say, was there any? I know Brian touched on it a tiny bit, but mm. the the WrestleMania 10 ladder match. As much as I I didn't like Razor Ramon, that match really like set a tone. Uh, I agree. Um, easily, uh, that was um, was that the first ladder match? That was uh, yeah. That was yeah. like the inaugural ladder match. Even though it wasn't really, um, well, it was like the the first one that was like televised and it was big. And so the story I love about this is how, it, and it just shows you. And and I do love the guy to death, but how much of a whiny bitch Bret Hart is because he complains so much that you know him and Sean talked about doing ladder matches and Brett brought up the idea of a ladder match and then somebody else did a ladder match at WrestleMania 10. It's like, you're in the fucking main event. Shut up. You and two matches. Oh, yeah. Two matches at WrestleMania 10. But he still the got a bitch. match and the last match. But he still got a bitch that, you know, hey, listen, I invented the ladder match. Good. That's also right because Triple H invented the, um, 
the hell, um, no, not the Hell in a Cell, um, fuck, Elimination Chamber, but Eric Bischoff took credit for it, so, you know, shut the fuck up. Oh, I love Elimination Chamber, I wish it would come back. We should have an Elimination Chamber episode. We could. We could. Alright, um, I'm, pr- I think we've pretty much talked about all the matches that I've, uh, I have listed here, unless anybody else wants to throw something else out there. I'm Not good. We so. t- we talked about all my favorites, and um, you know, I think you guys did too. And I think we had a lot of similars with the with the favorite matches, and um, a little bit differences with our favorite IC champions through time, but some of the same's obviously. But Ooh, um, I got one more match. Go ahead. Hmm. Uh, again, a ladder match. Go figure. Um, Luke Harper versus Dolph Ziggler. Oh, that was that was on Raw, wasn't it? Or was that, that... Was TLC? Okay, that was a good. That one. was that was a very good match. Yeah, well, I thought Harper broke his arm in that match too. I'm pretty sure he got close to it, but again, you talk about two just you know what Perry said before workhorses that are just showing what they can do, and I cannot wait for Luke Harper to come back because I feel like he's that guy in the Wyatt family that just doesn't get the credit he deserves. Yeah, and now another Wyatt, Wyatt. member is hurt. Who? Yeah, Rowan. Oh, I don't care. Going rotator. <laughs> Look my, at my caring I have to face. Say, though, my, my some of my highlights from the previous last couple of WrestleManias have been the ladder matches for the Intercontinental Championship. I think because mm-hmm. they put so many great people. There's like seven guys in there that are fucking fantastic, and they're just putting on a hell of a show. I feel like those ladder matches have been some of the best parts of recent WrestleManias. Agreed. Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, Brian won it, but then he came out and, you know, he was injured again and he had a he had to vacate the title, but it was such a great match. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually have one more match. Go. Um, one more actually, match. One more actually match. Actually, from this year, it's probably the last great IC title match we've had, or it is the last great IC title match we had. Um, it's a match where Miz won the, won the title, the Fatal 4-Way at Extreme Rules. Miz, oh Cesaro, my god, yes. Miz. That match was so good. So freaking good. Yeah. What pay-per-view was that? Extreme Rules. Okay. Did we watch that together? Uh, I don't remember. I don't either. I don't think so, because I think we were, we were talking about it. Okay. What? We, I think we met, were a message, uh, messenger. Some, yeah, maybe. Um, but no, that that match was just it. It stole the show, and, and you know, it, it goes just back to what Perry said before. Um, not to sound like a broken record, but it's the workhorses. You have the Cesaros. Um, what, who it was Cesaro, it was Miz, uh, Sami Zayn, and Owens. Owens. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, you talk about four of probably your your top workhorses in the company right now, and there you go. You can't, yeah. You can't look at that match. You can't look at the people in that match and say that's not going to be a good match. It's just right. not. It's just not possible. I was. I think I was just as shocked as anybody else was that Miz walked out of that match with the championship still. But it just added to what's going on right now. That's all. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um. So next week, I know we're going to be doing something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, that is the WWE video games episode. Um. I've loved, yeah. I've loved WWE video games since playing my first uh, arcade game at uh, WWE Wrestle Cruise or Wrestle Fest, I believe it was. I loved playing, going to the arcade down the block, and 
real lady like. <laughs> I know, seriously. Uh, I do not wear underwear with dick holes for the for the fact. <laughs> He's a lady. <laughs> I'm a lady. Um, but yeah, I used to love going to the arcade and just, you know, popping a couple quarters in and just playing that game all day and then raw on the Sega. And we'll talk about them all, but next week's episode is going to be a lot of fun. I hope I can get Anthony and Joe on from uh, Downright Network. Um, we're going to see if we can get our contest winner back on. Um, I know we missed him this week, but see if we can talk to him. And uh, that's really it. I mean, I hope you like this week's episode. If you guys have any ideas for any episodes, please comment um, on our Facebook, on our Twitter, um, and shortly you'll be able to even email us. More news on that to come. Uh, but for the God, Wife, and everyone else's favorite, uh, and the Flying Master himself, Mr. Flying Brian, I am the God that runs the pod, Mike Canatella, and this is You Wish You Could Podcast. It's just too bad... That where? Too good. 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 Smell ya!